0: Psalm 37, verses 1 through 9. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and she will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in her, and she will act shall make your vindication shine like the light and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way or those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Second Kings chapter 19, verses 8 through 20. The Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria fighting against Libna. For he had heard that the king had left Lashish. When the king heard concerning king Terhaka of Ethiopia, See, he has set out to fight against you. He sent messengers against, again to Hezekiah, saying, Thus shall you speak to king Hezekiah of Judah. Do not let your God on whom you rely deceive you by promising that Jerusalem will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. See, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all lands, destroying them utterly. Shall you be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered them, the nations that my predecessors destroyed, Gozan, Haran, Rezeph, and the people of Eden who were in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath? The king of Arpad, the king of the city of Serevaim, the king of Hena, or the king of Eva. Hezekiah received the letter from the the hand of the messengers and read it. Then Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, who are enthroned above the cherubim, you are God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Hear the words of Sennacherib, which he had sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste to the nations in their lands, and have hurled their gods into the fire. Though they were no gods but the work of human hands, wood and stone, and so they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, our God, save us, I pray you, from his hand. So that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I've heard your prayer to me about King Sennacherib of Assyria. Oh continuing to Second Kings nineteen, chapter thirty five to thirty seven. That very night the angel of the Lord set out and struck down 180,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. When morning dawned, they were all dead bodies. Then King Sennacherib of Assyria left, went home, and lived at Nineveh. As he was worshipping in the house of, the, of his god, Nisroch, his sons Adramalek and Sherazar killed him with a sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat. His son Esarhaddon succeeded him. Revelation chapter two verses twelve through twenty nine And to the angel of the church of Pergamum write, These are the words of him who has the sharp two edged sword. I know where you are living, where Satan's throne is, yet you are holding fast to my name, and you did not deny your faith in me, even in the days of Antipas, my witness, my faithful one who was killed among you, or Satan lives. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who would hold, the te- hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the people of Israel, so that they would eat food sacrificed to idols and practice fornication. So you also have some, sh- some who hold to the teaching of Nicolaitans. Repent them. If not, I will come to you soon and make war against them with the th- sword of my mouth. Let anyone who has an ear to listen to what, is, what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To everyone who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna. And I will give you a white stone. And on the white stone is written a new name that no one knows except the one who receives it. And to the angel of the church of Thyatira, Thyatira write, These are the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love, faith, service, and patient endurance. I know that your last works are greater than the first. But I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet and is teaching again, teaching and beguiling my servants to practice fornication and eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her fornication. Beware, I am throwing her on a bed, and those who commit adultery with her I am throwing into a great distress, unless they repent of her doings, and I will strike her children dead." And all the churches will know that I am the one who searches minds and hearts. And I will give to each of you as your works deserve. But to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast to what you have until I come. To whoever conquers and continues to do my works to the end, I'll give authority over the nations to rule them with an iron rod, as when clay pots are shattered, even as I also receive authority from my Father. To the one who conquers, I'll also give the morning star. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Good morning, and welcome to the 17th Friday after Pentecost. This is Logan Isaac, broadcasting from Yarmouth, Maine. Our readings this morning, um, I wasn't able to record yesterday, so we didn't hear <coughs> the, uh, the first reading for Psalm 37, um, and then our second reading, so that's why it was in the, the female pronouns. The second one from Second Kings, I neglected to see that there was a break, so we had uh, Second Kings nineteen eight through twenty, and then um, thirty five to thirty seven, um, and then finally from Revelation two, two of the um, kind of passages uh, that were uh, directed to the churches in Asia and uh, the Middle East. But this morning, uh, October 4th, is the feast day for Francis of Assisi. Um, if you've uh, been following HQ for very long at all, you'll know that Francis is one of the kind of major soldier saints. Um, he was, he grew up an affluent son of a textile merchant in the town of Assisi in, in Italy, and Uh, The town, Assisi, got wrapped up into a a very bloody and violent skirmish with a neighboring town called Perugia. And uh, it was very short-lived. Perugia had the backing of uh, the Vatican, and Assisi did not. And Assisi was pretty well defeated. Um, And rumors are that there are only nine Assisian um, survivors of that battle. Um, one of them was Francis and so he spent, he was because his family was rich, he was taken as a prisoner of war for a year and he spent a year as a prisoner of war after fighting uh, in this battle. He was um, ransomed by his uh, by his family, uh, his father who had money and that's probably why he was taken prisoner um, and something about that experience was deeply unsettling and Francis quickly became known for wandering streets at night and not being able to sleep and talking to people that weren't there and um becoming kind of a vigilante um and his friends that he ran with he had like a crew um they noticed it as well he didn't party as much um and uh he was clearly trying to sort something out because he wants to go back to war. Um, he enlists essentially enlists in the Fourth Crusade in um, 1214, I think, um, and on the the road out of Assisi, he made it, you know, one day out, and at night he has this dream that he doesn't understand, um, and then he, it happens again the next night. And he, the dream basically has him turn back and he becomes uh, a monastic, slowly but surely. And one thing that Francis is known for is preaching to the animals. Um, and that's why for uh, Francis' Mass, um, typically churches will invite you to bring their animals for a blessing. Um, but there's another um, part of Francis' story that I think is just as important... Um, And that is his relationship to war and military. So people don't realize, but for a very, for a significant portion of Francis's life, including as a child, um, the Crusades were ongoing. Um, And the Crusades, uh, to go on the Crusades, which Francis wanted to do as a young man after witnessing war locally, um, one advantage Uh, of going on a crusade was that you could be absolved of all your sins Um, and so pilgrimage was wrapped up in this violent endeavor of war Um, and to um, to go off to the Middle East was on the one hand the opportunity to see the Holy Land and to um, you know be present amidst all that holiness I guess Uh, But it was also to be expected to kill infidels and um, non-believers and try and convert Muslims. Um, And I think people don't appreciate how deeply anti-violent his life became uh, once he was a monastic. And it wasn't the, like, typical, oh, you know, I'm going to talk down on my enemies or I'm going to, like, browbeat other soldiers Or veterans, and telling that they should be ashamed for having been in war, Um, he attacked this kind of fundamental element of of war. Uh, What I mean by that is he invented um, several kinds of pilgrimage, specific kind of pilgrimage. One of them um, that he absolutely, without a doubt, invented is nativity scenes. So he he would recreate, or he did once. About three years before his death in 1223, he recreated the nativity scene with live actors, um, and this was an opportunity to bring holiness to, you know, regular people without having to go on a crusade. Um, and so, in 1223, he did this, and um, it's unclear if there was an actual baby in the in the manger. Um, the way different biographers write about it, there was a miraculous event that happened and it was just so moving for everybody who witnessed this live scene made up mostly of his followers and livestock from a local farm. Um, and it was set in a cave in uh, on land that was um, donated to them by another veteran who left the military as a Christian. Um, and uh, and so he was he's he created this thing that now has become so popularized these nativity scenes and the power of them was that it undermined the need to go on crusade in order to encounter holiness you know he brought holiness to himself or, or to his his right where he was at and the other one um, that he maybe did not Invent, but he certainly popularized were the Stations of the Cross, and that's even more powerful in the sense that it wasn't just, you know, the birth of Christ and like that—that that was restricted to a certain moment in the liturgical season, but also um, uh, the the Stations of the Cross were were known um, and they were used as a pilgrimage device in Jerusalem, the Via Doloroso. It existed since like the 8th century or something. But one thing that he did do was he popularized them again in your own local setting. So instead of having to go to Jerusalem, which would require that you were a crusader or some kind of assistant or squire to a crusader, you could encounter the 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 road of... Uh, the Via Doloroso is the, the, the Way of the Roses, and that was... Um, because people would litter roses after, you know, as, as a sign of homage to Jesus's passion. Um, the, he, you know, instead of having to go out to, go on a crusade to go there, which is what Francis seemed to do after he had been a prisoner of war, he wanted to go on another crusade. Um, um, he brought that to where people were. Um, the Stations of the Cross, you know, there's all kinds of different opinions on how many there are, um, and it's existed long before Francis, but he what he did do was popularize them and brought them to um, local uh, regular people where they were at. And so this soldier saint works in ways that defy our expectations. <clears throat> A lot of other soldier saints, uh, you know really spoke against war and spoke against, the military and what it entailed or required but Francis was much more subtle than that his his prayer for peace was just so much deeper than you know well soldiers should feel bad about violence they do or you know I'm gonna beat myself up and repent and hope that God forgives me because I'm such a wretch because I went to war it was far more nuanced and subtle um and so it's one thing that we often neglect to understand about Francis is the way he engaged and combated um, these um, intangible things, the, you know, the, <clears throat> the principle of war as opposed to people who go to war. I think he was taking fight to Satan on a whole different level that sometimes we fail to appreciate. beautiful prayer to say during the mass from the little bell magazine published in france in 1912 lord make me an instrument of your peace where there's hatred let me so love where there's injury pardon where there is doubt faith where there is despair hope where there is darkness light where there is sadness joy Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash first formation slash support. You can sponsor Morning Prayer for Pew Pew People with as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel it any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer request of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.